Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to Solutions Watch. I am your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and this is the 2022 Year in Review. Because, as you'll remember, of course, from introducing Solutions Watch, lo those many moons ago when I launched this series, I did indicate at that time that part of what Solutions Watch was about was not just putting ideas out on the table and leaving the chips to fall where they may, but to go back from time to time and to take a look and see what was working and what wasn't and how we can move forward. So, uh, in fulfillment of that promise last year, you may or may not remember, there was the 2021 Year in Review episode of Solutions Watch, where I went through every single episode of Solutions Watch from that year, 2021, and looked at the updates to all of those different uh, pieces of information. Well, we're going to do the exact same thing in 2022. Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> let's, it's going to be a voluminous, <laughs> a very, very long podcast today. I'm telling you, it will be worth it and absolutely stick to the end because there is really something spectacular for the end. But let's dive right into it. And first, I want to start with just some general feedback that I've received in recent months from people about Solutions Watch in, in particular and corporate report material in general um, that I thought was appropriate to share with you here. For example, I had this in from Taurus who wrote, last year, James did the Solutions Watch year interview where he shared my story in regard to episode number 15, Choosing Chickens with Jack Spierko, uh, the 58-minute timestamp if you'd like to hear it. Um, I have a successful follow-up story I'd like to share with the community. I am now a permaculture design graduate. The course was phenomenal. I can't even begin to articulate how much information I took in. But naturally, this leaves me thirsty for more knowledge. I tell everyone that now I'm a permi for life, keeping those principles alive through my daily actions. Additionally, through a member of the class, I was hired for a new job. Since April, I have been gainfully employed as a gardener in a local cooperative where I can practice permaculture design and maintenance uh, one garden at a time. Perhaps a bit of serendipity worth telling. The subject of our last lesson was using permaculture skills for income. Our teacher based her lesson from none other than Jack Spierko's survival podcast about permaculture business. <laughs> I had to smile as I witnessed the full circle completed. How magical is that? Amazing, really. Perhaps most importantly, I'm part of a new community. We continue to gather, learn, work, and share together. Although we are a very diverse group, not always agreeing on everything, we share foundational ethics and principles that keep us united. A warm and sincere thank you to James and Jack who inspired me to take this transformational fork in the road. I encourage ever anyone to invest in themselves, however that looks in your own life, and together we will continue to build the Agora. Awesome. Love to hear it. Thank you for that feedback, Taurus. Um, I got this in from Matthias. Uh, ever since you introduced Solutions Watch, I started shifting my mindset to focus on more positive things at the same time, not only looking at the doom and gloom around us, but looking actively for solutions or just shifting away from a certain problem that I can't do anything about at the moment and focusing on something more productive. Whether coincidental or not, my impression is that not only internally I became more peaceful, but from my perspective, even the whole world went into a better direction again. With lockdowns and COVID madness having stopped way earlier than I thought they would, people on a global scale and in my own neighborhood and friend circle waking up to having been duped, etc. Well, I'm glad to see that the solutions focus has affected your, your own perception of the world, Matthias. I think that's part of the point. So thank you for the feedback. Uh, Pauline writes, thank you for the work you do. It has an impact. Me and some of my friends have filtered water 
keeping chickens, growing own veggies, writing to local heads of schools and supporting teachers, schools have become places to get vaccinated, uh, writing to local doctors, stalls for outreach work, a whole lot of reading, educating kids, wearing Liberty Maniac t-shirts, designing our own t-shirts, no more watching TV or reading newspapers, questioning NHS. It's empowering. Uh, you are an important source of information. I like your I like your measured, thorough, and honest approach. It works well, especially when exposing huge lies. All the references mean you can go off and do your own research, which is really useful too. Well, I'm very glad that's what this is here for, so thank you for taking that information and doing something with it out there in the real world. <coughs> um, moving on, we have Facundo, uh, Facundo, who writes, uh, more or less with the beginning of Solutions Watch series, I started by taking to the basement uh, the two TV slash screens in the house. No more movies, and the only music I listen now is old traditional instrumental music from cultures around the world. I limited the use of my phone for browsing the web for when I go to the toilet and when I sit in the sofa after dinner, half an hour max. I don't read the news, occasionally some Wikipedia, but I tend to focus in the universal things that are away from the urgency of the present. I find it more and more interesting to read dead people than the ones living now. Also, I'm consuming almost only audio material, like The Corporate Report and two or three others, only while I do some productive task at the, at the side that I can combine with running or biking, cooking, housekeeping, or commuting. I'm so glad for this big change in my life. I feel better and I read more books now, have more time for the family, for hobbies, and for social life. I discover new tastes like the shakuhachi, the Japanese flute, and I'm getting things done that I was procrastinating for years, like starting to read about history of India and Hinduism. I'm also reading Max Weber, and I'm planning to start with the classics of anarchism. I'm now at least at the point I can imagine as plausible to even maybe try to read Kant. <laughs> I should have started a gratitude diary and or sending letters to people I'm thankful thankful for, but at least I'm thinking often about it. And I f uh, feel like it's my own way of meditation, and it makes me feel more calm, and at the same time it energizes me. Uh, thanks, James, for sharing good ideas. You bring positive change into my life and, in turn, into my family. Uh, P.D.? Now that I realize this could count as my first gratitude letter. Well, congratulations. Yes, you got it. <laughs> That's what it is. And I'm so grateful for all of this type of feedback that I get from people. Uh, honestly, it is this is what makes the work worthwhile for me, um, because it's one thing to put ideas out there and they just kind of fall into a void. It's good to hear that people have actually applied them, that they actually have some utility for people out there. I, I need that kind of feedback as well, because otherwise I don't know what is working and what isn't. So thank you to all of those people um, writing in and leaving their various comments about... Um, about the Solutions Watch series in particular, about the work in general. I do appreciate that. And of course, as always, uh, Corporate Report members, definitely invited to log into the site and leave your comments in uh, the comment section for this edition of Solutions Watch at corporatereport.com slash 2022 solutions. And uh, give your own feedback about what you've applied, what's working, what isn't working, things that you want to try for the new year, etc. But let's move into the week-by-week episode-by-episode guide, the whirlwind rush through the year 2022. We're going to review every single episode of Solutions Watch and where those um, solutions stand. We're going to start with the first edition of Solutions Watch for 2022, which was released on January 11th. It was about Translate the Truth, and it featured Derek Bros of TheConsciousResistance.com. You 
undoubtedly know Derek by now, I'm sure, um, who was introducing at that time the idea of translate the truth. The problem that we all know uh, exists out there, yeah, a lot of this information is available in English, but I hear it all the time from, I have listeners all around the world, and I'd love it if this was in German. Oh, do you have this in Korean? Oh, I really need this in Swahili. I don't know. So uh, Derek took it upon himself to start the Translate the Truth pro project, um, which you can obviously see more about in that particular Solutions Watch episode. But I did get in touch with Derek, and he did send in this update to Translate the Truth for the end of 2022. Hey, James. So Translate the Truth has been going pretty great, I'd say, steady since we first announced it with you uh, way back at the beginning of this year. Uh, we have the Odyssey channel, as mentioned before, and we've broken it up into playlists. We decided to go by language, so we've got Spanish, we've got um, Dutch, German, I think we have Italian, Portuguese, uh, Brazilian Portuguese, and uh, Portuguese Portuguese. And um, yeah, and it, it's just expanding. People still do reach out. And I start. I have now a steady translator for Dutch, translating my documentary series, The Pyramid of Power, translating some of your work, as well as a regular uh, German translator, tr uh, translating The Pyramid of Power, as well as some of your work. And also Spanish translators working on various different things. And I'm still looking for support for those who want to send content they have. It's particularly easy if you're already on Odyssey because at the moment it's it's still just the Odyssey channel. I think that's kind of enough for the moment. It probably will eventually go to a website, but right now it's the Odyssey channel. So if you already have a translation on Odyssey, I can easily repost or reblog that to the Translate the Truth Odyssey channel and put it under the playlist we have for the specific language. And uh, at the moment, if anybody's interested in uh, promoting uh, their translations and being involved in the Translate the Truth project in any way, the best way would be to just email me at into the light, into the light at protonmail.com and just put in the subject uh, Translate the Truth. And one more time, into the light at protonmail.com and would happily look for, for more translations. By the way, I just found out that my book, How to Opt Out of the Technocratic State, I'm working on a translation of that in uh, Korean and Japanese, as well as a few other languages. It's already in Spanish and French and uh, soon to be in German. So I'm going to be putting the PDFs on the Odyssey channel as well, the, the text files, so people can uh, read that. That's the other thing. It doesn't just have to be a video. It can be audio translations. It can be uh, written text translations. Odyssey allows for posting all of that types of content. So yeah, thanks for giving me a chance to share about the Translate the Truth project. Thank you, Derek, for that update. It is great that someone has stepped up to the plate with this particular problem, because I've certainly been hearing it for years. Oh, I wish this was in German. I wish this was in French. I wish I could get this in Dutch. Um, so I'm glad somebody has stepped up to the plate and is providing this service. But as always, like so many of these solutions, it is what we make of it. So if there are people out there in the audience with the requisite skills and abilities to be able to translate, Something, anything that you find important, whatever that is, a piece of text, a podcast, a video. If you would like to step up to the plate and, and volunteer to translate it, I'm sure Derek would be interested to hear from you. Please use that into the light at protonmail.com address to get in touch with him. And thank you, Derek, for doing that service. 
All right, let's move on to the next edition of Solutions Watch, which came out on January 25th and was entitled How to Eat a Pine Tree, in which I talked to Michael Hoffman of foodforestabundance.com. And the, I suppose the titular part of the conversation was about eating a pine tree and the various ways in which that can be done, from eating the cambium to creating um, pine cake to drinking pine needle tea. There are many ways that you can not only get sustenance, but even nutrients out of a pine tree, which is somewhat surprising. And of course, that was the entree into the larger um, philosophical, but also very practical conversation about the incredible abundance that is all around us uh, in terms of the food that we have all around us or the potential for food that we may not realize. And that bigger conversation was, of course, to talk about the idea of um, food forest abundance and the services that they provide in helping people to design and then to implement a food forest, um, creating uh, multi multiple layers of vegetation that instead of just a decorative lawn could actually be edible and could actually help sustain um, you and your family. So we talked about that concept and now Michael Hoffman and Jim Gale are here with an update about Food Forest Abundance and their latest project. Hello, James. It is Michael Hoffman with Food Forest Abundance here, and I'm so excited to be providing an update for you and your audience. It was fantastic talking with you on Solutions Watch earlier this year. And man, we have been busy, busy, busy ever since then, growing freedom and growing food and really spreading the solution for mankind. So uh, we're up to now about 600 food forests that are designed and in various stages of installation all around the world. And we've actually gone a step further beyond that to create this new offering, which we're calling Freedom Farm Academy. And what a Freedom Farm Academy is, is a living, breathing demonstration center to remove all of the objections and all of the reasons that people come up with for why they can't be living in a free and abundant world and why they can't be doing this. Instead of that, we're showing them why they can and why it's not only possible, but it's logical. And our team is here to help them do it. So you might be noticing this other handsome man over in the uh, the corner here. And that is Jim Gale, our founder and chief storyteller. And not only is he an inspiration for everybody, but he is living it. And you know, rather than showing you snow-covered mountains here in Montana, I thought who better than to walk you through a Freedom Farm Academy and a food forest than Jim Gale himself. So Jim, where are you right now? Oh, thank you, Michael. And hello, James. I've been an absolute big fan of your work for many, many years. I was uh, in one of your private classes on mass media and wow, <clears throat> I learned so much. Thank you for everything you do. I am in Galt's Landing here in Central Florida, and I'm in the middle of a food forest. And I want to show you this in your audience. A lot of people think growing food is hard to do. Well, that's one of the biggest forms of BS. There's three forms of BS. There's bad science, there's bullshit, and there's belief systems. And the belief system around growing food is one that we are going to blow away. This was Florida sugar sand 11 months ago. In 11 months, we have transformed this land to produce a massive amount of food. We are a community, 
And most communities, they have an HOA where this would all be lawn, right? There are 44 million acres of lawn in the United States alone. The lawn takes more human resources, more pesticides, more chemicals than any other crop, and it does not provide food for people. Instead, we are using our land wisely so we don't have HOA expenses. Our land is not a liability on our balance sheet. Our land is a massively productive asset. So we don't share the liability. We share the abundance of food. And when we inspire and empower a shift in awareness that leads to mass adoption of growing food instead of lawns, well, Victor Hugo said there's one thing stronger than all of the armies of the world, and that is an idea whose time has come. This is the idea that will change the world. So thank you for all you do, James. Now, Jim, do you need to be rich and have a whole bunch of money to get started growing a food forest? Or where would you say people should be starting right now if they don't have all those resources? You can start a food forest for five bucks. You can go to the local store and you can buy a papaya and you can eat the papaya and then you can take the seeds out of the papaya and you can start a hundred new papaya trees. You can use resourcefulness instead of resources and you can create your own food abundance. It is literally that easy, my friends. Nature is abundance. You can count the seeds in a single apple but you cannot count the apples in a single seed. And that's what we're demonstrating all over the world. And our team is here to help all of you at home to get started. As a matter of fact, right now, we have a free strategy session with a certified permaculture designer to help you figure out the best way to start. And we are growing this movement exponentially. We are up to eight Freedom Farm Academies across the earth from Ghana to Thailand to Texas, to Canada, we are just exploding and demonstrating that this is the way we change the world. So thank you so much, James, for all you do. And we look forward to hearing from more fantastic members of your audience and helping them get started. All right. Awesome. Thanks for the update, guys. And for anyone in the audience who is interested in that, of course, you can find the Food Forest Abundance website at foodforestabundance.com. And you can also find the Freedom Farm Academy page on the Food Forest Abundance website. I'll link both of them up in the show notes for this episode. Um, and just on another <laughs> uh, note about that episode, I, I will say that, first of all, there was quite a few comments um, in the comment section of that episode warning people not to girdle a tree when digging the, through the bark for the cambium of these pine trees. Um, you, you don't want to girdle the tree. You don't want to go all the way around the trunk ripping off bark because that will kill the tree. And you do not want to kill a tree for a snack. I hope that that was understood from our conversation, that this was not... I wasn't expecting people to start going around and, and killing trees left, right, and center just for a little snack. No, of course not. You take a little bit from one and a little bit from another. You certainly don't go all the way around the trunk because that will kill the tree. Having said that, I did. I was in the park playing with uh, my, my children shortly after recording this episode. And well, one of the trees had some of the bark kind of 
coming off and yeah, yeah there's there's the cambium so scrape a bit of bark off get the cambium gave it a try uh, it was certainly wasn't wow <laughs> where has this been all my life <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't the most uh, delicious thing i've ever eaten in my life but it was edible anyway and it was it was just interesting to note oh, okay well there you go there's some food that i never would have even thought about um before that concept was introduced to me so anyway it was uh it was all right. <laughs> if I'm ever starving in the forest, <laughs> I'll know what to do. All right. Um, moving on to a very serious topic. February 1st uh, edition of Solutions Watch was on acceptance of and commitment to freedom, where I talked to Ian Davis of In This Together about acceptance and commitment therapy. And in that conversation, we were addressing the very heavy topic of the long dark winter of the soul, as we were referred to in the recent New World next year, uh, that depth of the pandemic, the depth of despair, the isolation, the the real uh, mental trauma that people were going through in that time period, especially in the darkness of winter 2021 turning into 2022. And uh, we talked about that and what people can be doing about that and how acceptance and commitment therapy may be one way for people to help deal with that trauma and pain that they were experiencing. And it's an important conversation. I hope you will rewatch it because I will be revisiting it in the new year um, in a slightly different context. But that's, I think, still highly relevant information. But uh, I'll just note one of the comments from the comment section that was particularly apropos, again, from Taurus, Corporate Report member Taurus, who wrote that several years ago, I ordered an ACT, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, self-help workbook by Stephen C. Hayes called Get Out of Your Mind and Into Your Life. Unfortunately, I only got about a quarter of the way through it. I was finding it difficult to be completely honest with myself and just kind of gave up. Shockingly, I find myself in a better mental state than when I first attempted this self-help therapy. But I think it would be worth trying to work through it again. I still have some improvements to make. Maybe some guidance from a therapist or a group setting would be more effective. Anyhow, I just wanted to share an ACT resource. Um, all right, so thank you for that feedback, Taurus. And if anyone else has any specific feedback about ACT, again, you can leave it in the comment section for this edition of Solutions Watch. Um, Moving on, February 8th, how to research online. And this was my uh, presentation at the Greater Reset Conference where I did exactly that. I showed you how I do my research. It was literally a step-by-step -step process of me sharing the screen and just taking some of the questions that I've, I've received. You know, what do you, what do you know about this? What do you think about this? And literally showing people step-by-step -step how I would go about researching those things. And I think it's a valuable, I think it's a, <laughs> of course I think, it's a valuable thing to simply show people, this is this is literally how I do what I do. I, I go here, I look at this, I search this, I, oh, I find this, so now I got to look for that. And uh, I, I think it's really a step-by-step -step guide to the way that I start approaching a research topic. And I, I note that there were a few interesting research leads that came up in that uh, that quick search research demonstration that I was doing there that uh, I haven't seen anyone following up on yet, but uh, hopefully hopefully some people will take up that call. Anyway, uh, I hope you'll go back and revisit that episode. Uh, February 21st, I released Wear Your Heart on Your Sleeve, where we're talking about, well, we're talking about the various places that you can get um, t-shirts with messages that may actually help to 
open a conversation or uh, find people in your vicinity who may sh might share some of your ideas and beliefs. Um, it can be an incredibly effective way of just broaching that sort of conversation that otherwise might be difficult to do. Um, <clears throat> so we talked, for example, to Dan McCall of LibertyManiacs.com, um, who, of course, as you'll remember from New World Next Year, was once again providing my funny Christmas sweater, the Liberty or Death Christmas sweater. Um, they also uh, have that great an uh, No Rulers Anarchy uh, hoodie that I wore on my Freedom from Rulers appearance recently. Um, and we talked to SalTheAgorist.com uh, about uh, his AgoraThreads.com, which is where you can purchase various um, various goods. And also, of course, introduced the Corbett Report t-shirts to go along with the Media Monarchy t-shirts at uh, NewWorldNextWeek.com. And uh, on that note, I did receive a couple of pieces of feedback from people who had been wearing their shirts around. So let's uh, let's dive into that. Uh, Doa and Mona and Miriam write, I was sporting my Corbett shirt near South Africa's Cape of Good Hope earlier today, where I was stopped by a thrilled local girl who told me, he's our man. I felt compelled to share the incident with you. Well, that's great. That's exactly what this is for, I think, is, well, I mean, it could be for a number of reasons, but I think one of them is to find other people and, hey, I, I know the Corbett Report. Hey, great. And Perhaps a way to find people in your area that you didn't know were out there. Um, I also got this in from um, Groove Digger, who wrote, At a gig this weekend, sound engineering, a punter came up to me beaming and pointing at my Corbett Report t-shirt, giving the thumbs up. <coughs> I bumped into him later and talked for a while amid the din. It was invigorating to meet another non-conspiracy denier, and the conversation was animated, ended in him, ended in him saying, there's some spikes on the top of the Tower of London that haven't been used for a while. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, again, an interesting end to an interesting conversation, right? Um, so I, I, I love to hear people's experiences with the shirt and whether or not that has opened up any conversations for you. So again, if anyone has that type of feedback, please do log in, leave it in the comment section for this episode. Um, Let's move on to March 2nd, where I released Our Petitions and Protests the Answer. And uh, as I hope you would expect from a title like that, when the question, when the title is a question, the answer is usually no. And in this case, yeah, well, no, it's not the answer, but it could be an, a part of an answer. That's not something that we should discard anyway. And I demonstrated that through a number of different things. But uh, I. I want to actually concentrate on towards the end where I talked about uh, Shad Budge, who wrote in about an experience that he had at the local library in December of 2020, where he was being denied access um, because he was not going to wear a face mask um, because of his medical exemption. And uh, he was being denied access to the library as a result of that. And so he actually hired a lawyer and threatened legal action against them and not only won access for himself to that particular library, but to all the libraries in the region, which were all informed that they were not to prevent people from using the library resources um, if they are unable to wear face mask coverings. So there you go. A win of sorts, right? Right? Well, actually, that sparked an interesting conversation in the uh, 
in the uh, in the comment section between a few different members. For example, the OMF Galaxy Brain um, wrote in to say, I uh, hate to be the bummer here, but I don't think this library example is much of a win. What exactly did he win? Access to the library? He wins the right he should have? He had to invest a bunch of time and effort in order to not lose his right, so he lost the time and effort. So does everyone have access to the libraries now? Nope. The mask mandates remain, unless you can pro prove exemption. To which Home Remedy Supply um, wrote in to say, I, I disagree, and it really doesn't hinge on a change in library policy, which eventually did occur after Sh Shad pushed harder. My contention is that any sane pushback against the official narrative has value. Pushback against authoritarianism and the official narrative is the win. Non-compliance and resistance against the system is the win. We are not jello to be molded by the system. And then Hare comes in to agree with Home Remedy Supply, and there's some more back and forth. I will invite you to read through that comment thread. I think it's particularly interesting. Um, some, some good questions being raised there. <coughs> and I'm glad, at the very least, I'm glad that that, that episode provoked that sort of reflection because that is part of what I think this episode is intending to do. What is a win and should we be protesting and why and what does it matter? And Well, I think those are good questions to be asking and attempting to answer. So I'm glad that the, uh, the comment section was alive with people that were doing that. Thank you to all those who participated. Um, moving ahead to March 9th, I released The Highlighter is Mightier Than the Sword, in which I talked about, again, one of those seemingly really, really simple ideas that can actually profoundly change your habits and opinions. Um, in this case, the use of the online highlighter tool, the br browser tool, um, the add-on extension that will allow you to highlight as you're going around, along reading an article. Pretty simple, right? But as I demonstrated in that episode, it's actually incredibly useful for retaining information a little bit better than if you're simply just scrolling past it in the never-ending news feed, you're not going to retain very much. But if you're highlighting, for whatever reason, that kicks in certain cells in the brain, at least in my brain, to help me to remember that. <coughs> so I note that several users um, did begin that habit. Um, Super Bobo wrote, uh, very inspiring. I've often wondered how you work, and this answered a lot of my questions. Oh, you said it was helpful to see how you organize stuff on your screen with the RSS and the highlighted articles neatly saved into folders. Many thanks. Yes, I was demonstrating some of those other tools as well at the time. Um, JD says, uh, thanks so much, James. Installed one on my browser and have already put it to work. Great addition indeed. Thanks again. Uh, Christy76 says, this is such a great idea. I don't like to read online because I do like reading with a pen. So I have tried to download a few different highlighters, but I must be missing some step. I can't get text to highlight once selected. I use Brave. What am I missing? Uh, <coughs> hoping someone else had has had this problem too and know what I need to do. Thanks. Well, to this day, I see that no one has stepped up to the plate and offered Christy76 any suggestion or help with her problem. So if there are any Corporate Report members, yeah, it, nine months late, but hey, better late than never, right? <laughs> you might want to uh, get in touch with her. But um, I will note also, well, yeah, good, good question, Christy, because a lot of these highlighter extensions all have weird quirks to them. And the one that I was demonstrating there in that edition of Solutions Watch, I ended up uninstalling because it um, would sometimes randomly forget some of the highlights that I'd made, that I know I'd made, but then they were gone. So I've tried a few different highlighter tools. Uh, I still don't think I found a good one 
uh, not the one. I'm uh, currently using one called uh, Weaver, Weaver Highlighter, but I don't necessarily recommend it. Again, it's uh, it's an extra step or two to get it working, and you've got to sign up for free, but sign up for it. Uh, I don't like that. So <coughs> if anybody has a suggestion for a really good highlighter extension, and obviously depending on what, what uh, browser you're using, um, please let us know. Um, and also any updates from... Super Bobo or any of the other users who have taken up the highlighting habit, um, please let us know how it's going. Are you still continuing to do that? Did that change anything about the way you read or retained information? Inquiring minds want to know. Moving ahead, March 16th, we talked about the pre-search search engine with Colin Pape of Presearch, and uh, I did reach out to Colin for an update as to what's happening with pre-search. I did not hear back from him. That is entirely, it's entirely possible that that's because my email went to his spam box. A, a growing number of my emails are going to people's spam folders and never being, never seeing the light of day. So I, it, it may be on my side. Um, having said that, I do still occasionally use pre-search. I use a lot of different search engines. Pre-search is one of them. And as the DuckDuckGoes and start pages and others deteriorate further and further into being almost unusable. Um, Presearch actually generally I have found to be more reliable on certain, certainly on the controversial searches. So, um, but I'm still, I'm interested to hear your guys' feedback. Have you taken up the habit of using Presearch? Um, what do you use, etc. All right, March 24th, I released How to Get Around the Digital Iron Curtain. And I will note that there are some episodes of Solutions Watch that don't seem to resonate with anybody. And this was one of them. Um, moving right along, April 2nd, um, Truth Art, an edition of the Solutions Watch series, where I talked to a number of artists about the work that they were doing to help unlock minds and expand ideas and put different, uh, different, different ideas out into the public space, shall we say. So, for example, of course, we talked to Chris Reddy of ReadyMade Art, uh, readymade.com, um, where you can see his work and you can purchase some of it. Um, as you will recall, he did that very interesting uh, exercise of painting a portrait of me while interviewing me. Uh, if you didn't see that, of course, that interview is up on the site. So I suggest you take a look at that and take a look at readymade.com for more information about his work. Um, we talked uh, about Flip City, which is a satirical, um, I don't want to say Mad Magazine-esque, but in that original satirical, um, truly subversive sort of idea of some sort of underground zine, um, Flip City certainly fits that bill. And so uh, I did reach out for an update on Flip City, and I heard this back. Hey, James, thank you for including Flip City Magazine in your Solutions Watch wrap-up. It really was our best interview of the year. We really appreciate that you get it and stated it so eloquently. Let's give your audience a 15% discount with code SOLUTION. Uh, tons is already hap always happening over here, but here's something that may interest your audience. We interviewed James Pilato and printed with illustrations in our 12th edition, May, June 22. Um, then we awarded James this month as part of our first annual Flippy Awards, and he took it like a champ. <laughs> On that note, we would also like to interview you for your for print if you would be willing. Well, I certainly would be. 
I'm glad to hear things are going all right, and I hope people will, if they're interested, take them up on that discount offer solution. Um, of course, the link to Flip City Magazine will be in the show notes, as always. And we also talked to uh, ZB um, about the coloring as a sort of therapeutic tool, as it were, or a way of uh, focusing your mind while thinking about something else. And um, as I said at that time, I thought that was actually a really interesting way of corralling my my children into getting them to do something a little bit different and spending some quality time with them. Anyway, I did uh, reach out to ZB for an update, but again, I did not hear back. And again, that could be my fault. So anyway, um, let's move on to June 21st, where we had fairy tales and children's stories um, with guest Frud, um, who, as you will remember, um, wrote the book Bill Goats and the Forest. And uh, again, it was a great book that I shared with my children, and they enjoyed it. And this is the feedback that I got from Frud. Uh, the number one request from lead readers has been related to having Bill Goats and the Forest available in more languages. So I just wanted to let you know that we finally, today, have released six translations of the story. It's now in English, French, German, Norwegian, Portuguese, Spanish, and Swahili. The English version alone has been shipped to 34 different countries, which is wonderful. Uh, we've created a press release, which I'll link in the show notes, and you will find more information on billgoats.com. On the topic of giving thanks, a huge thank you to yourself. Without your support and work, I do not know where Miriam and I would have been now. I hope all is well with you and your family and that you keep the balance. All right, excellent. And Fruda also uh, provided a video update as to what's going on with Bill Goats and uh, his, uh, his work there. Guess what? I've got news for you. We have now published, made available, six more translations of the story about Bill Goats. The story Bill Goats in the Forest has been translated into German, French, Norwegian, Portuguese, Spanish and Swahili. So next to the English version there are six more languages you can get this story in. And the translated versions they are available as soft cover. And as well the original English version which comes in hardcover also comes as a soft cover version. So if you want a soft cover version of that you can get that as well. And the soft cover version is much cheaper than the hardcover, more exclusive version. The hardcover English version has got a green ribbon and it's very, very nicely done. And the softcover is a lot more simpler. Um, and we have um, packages, as we book packages. So if you want a bigger discount, you can buy four books or ten books and that gives you a better price. Uh, I'd also like to share some information with you about something that happened to us because when we uh, want to, wanted to translate this story into more languages we tried to use a service called Upwork. So we uh, create an account there, a new account and describe the job because it's a place where you can get freelancers. So we told, uh, made a page, a job, job offer that we wanted uh, the story about Bill Goats translated into more languages. And what happened after we published this, uh, this job or this job offer is that our account 
our new account with Upwork was cancelled. So they cancelled our account because seemingly they did not like the message. And we did email them and asked, uh, asked them for an explanation on why they cancelled our account. We never got any reply. And I have to say, I'm not shocked that this happened because we have all, I guess you as well, we've observed everything that's been going on for the last, especially the last three years. And uh, yeah, a lot of people have experienced censorship, but I still, I, even though I'm not shocked, it's, it's, it's insane what is going on, that even a fairy tale is too much for certain groups. Um, and next to that, another thing that happened, because when we paid our, uh, our Swahili version, our African translator, he, he lives in Tanzania, uh, afterwards, our bank started in an investigation into us. Uh, they investigated several transactions, so, and they, they said it was because they have this know your customer principle. Um, and they started looking into requiring a lot of documentation and it's also a reminder. Everything was okay this, for this time. They were pleased with the documentation we could give them, but it's also a reminder that um, with the flip of a switch, they can um, turn off or disable your, take your money, turn off your account and people have already experienced that. So it reminds us that the work we're doing is uh, important and we will continue as long as we are able to. So we will spread the story about Bill Goats in the forest to more countries and more places, more people. Um, already there are uh, people from 35 countries that has gotten this, uh, this story, the English version of the story. So it's been um, a huge reach and um, yeah, I'm, um, I'm actually gla glad to see that uh, it creates a reaction in, in, in positive and, and also a reaction censorship wise because that means we are telling the truth. That's uh, actually today, that's a sign of quality, I, I, I would say. So, yeah, that's all. Another chilling reminder of just how much of our lives are digital now and just how much is at stake when these digital gatekeepers essentially start removing us from the ability to use their services. A harrowing tale, but anyway, thank you for the update nonetheless. And again, people can check out the book at billgoats.com. Um, turning to the next edition of Solutions Watch, June 29th, Teaching Children About History, where we talked to Connor Boyack about the Tuttle Twin-inspired history textbook of sorts that we were talking about, um, that was talking about the initial lead-up to the American Revolution and what took place there. So um, you can see that conversation for... Our, uh, our talk about how to get this type of information across to children, obviously, but also to the parents who are reading it to their children, which is always a, a nice way of getting a double whammy of information out to people uh, in the Tuttle Twin style, I suppose. Um, 
I did reach, reach out to Connor Boyack for an update, and he provided this one. Perhaps our most relevant update would be that we are working on Volume 2 of the book, which covers from 1776 to 1791, the adoption of the Bill of Rights, and we're hoping to have it out in July. Meanwhile, those who don't yet have Volume 1 can get it at tuttletwins.com history. Thanks. All right, thank you for that. Uh, I don't know if I heard any feedback from anyone who specifically had purchased the first volume, but uh, if there are any people out there, I'd be interested to hear that feedback. All right, uh, moving on to July 20th, when I released a talk with Richard Grove on autodidacticism, the art of self-directed learning, and what an incredibly important topic that is, and I hope that that conversation managed to do some justice to just how important a topic that is. And evidently, I think it did have an effect on several people, because, uh, I, again, I can say that with some degree of assurance, because you're about to hear from them. Um, I did ask Rich for some feedback about how our conversation went and how it affected um, himself and the autonomy course that he runs, and he managed to put together this very, very awesome video um, featuring some Autonomy Season 8 students who are there, at least in part because of our Solutions Watch conversation. Hi, James. I'm Erin from upstate New York, near the Canadian border, but nowhere near the sunny climes of western Japan. I wanted to say thank you so much. I'm forever grateful for your work. You are my introduction to Richard Grove and Autonomy. I'm a Season 8 student, and I'm working on getting things done, digital skills, and plans for a prosperous future. Thank you again for everything that you do. You're the best. Hi, James. Colin here. As a fellow Canadian expat and longtime fan, I wanted to thank you for the episode you did with Richard on autodidacticism. Not only did I learn what autodidactic means, but you motivated me to join Autonomy. Since joining Autonomy, I've learned what real integrity, accountability, salesmanship, excellence, and growth look like. I'm now practicing those skills on a daily basis with the most amazing group of people one could ever hope to grow with. It's been truly life-changing. Thank you so much. Domo arigato, Mr. Anti Roboto. Hi, James. My name is Mihai, and I want to thank you for helping me find Autonomy through your Solution Watch series. I am grateful that now I can grow, learn, and be a part of an awesome community. And that is thanks to your interview with Richard and to the show notes. Hi James, I'd just like to say thank you. Your Century of Enslavement documentary helped to propel me on a journey of discovering the occulted history of the world and society as we know it. You introduced me to Richard Grove, a man like yourself, immaculate research capabilities, and you both have helped me to grow intellectually in ways that uh, I am deeply thankful for. Richard Grove offers a course and a community known as Autonomy, which I have come into, which has allowed me to grow in ways that I thought not possible. So for helping launch me on my journey, thank you very much, James. Hi, James. My name is Pius. As a long-time listener and member of the Corbett Report, I wanted to thank you for introducing me to Richard Grove's work. Your recent Solution Watch episode with Richard on autodidacticism persuaded me to finally join Autonomy as a Season 8 student. 
This powerful interview could not have arrived more timely for me, as I wanted to reorient myself and was looking for a like-minded community. I can't express my gratitude enough for you and Richard showing me the way towards autonomy, striving for integrity while being accountable, being excellent to each other and growing every day. Thank you and Brock for everything you do. Hi James, my name is Andrew and I'm one of uh, many people to have had a massive paradigm shift in reality check thanks to the pandemic. About a year ago, I discovered Richard Grove through the Peace Revolution podcast, which led me to your website with its excellent wealth of content to help me understand the historical contexts of the world I find myself in. This year, my wife and I have been busy homeschooling two kids and sort of waiting to see what happens next, feeling a bit stunned um, as previous modes of employment have been wiped out due to mandates and we had to sell our home. The day I, I found your interview with Richard about autodidacticism, I went straight to the autonomy website and started the obstacle course with my wife following shortly after. We are now so grateful to be part of the autonomy community, um, not just amazing people, but we're learning how to think and reason and communicate with greater clarity and to move forward with positive action to uh, solve problems and create value and uh, create prosperity for us and others around us. So thank you so much again and keep doing what you do. Hey James, the way I found you was through your Solutions Watch episode called Autodidacticism and it led me straight, I, don't, I can't remember the steps I took, but it led me to autonomy. Fortunately for me, it's all worked out and there is no doubt in my mind that it has 100%, 1000% changed my life and the course of my life. Thank you so much for doing the work that you do. And there, there are many people I've spoken to in, within Autonomy this year, season eight, that have mentioned that episode. It was an epic episode. I don't, I know you didn't, could not have uh, perceived the effect that that episode could have, would have had. Um, but I'll tell you, there was some magic sprinkled into that episode and it, it's going to transform a lot of people's lives. A year after discovering you and following you around to various podcasts and different uh, hosts and interviews, uh, you made an appearance on Grand Theft World Episode 5. I want to say thank you for that whole journey and for introducing me to Richard and his autonomy course. Uh, a month after watching that interview, I signed up and was enrolled in the course. And two years later, I've been through the course four times. I have uh, participated each season more and more in the community and I'm learning how to be of service and to give back and to help those around me. So you've changed my life. Uh, autonomy has changed my world. I've doubled my income since enrolling. I have a side project now where I'm making my own videos and content based on a library of books that I have amassed and built up after engaging with your content and Richard Grove's content. And I just have to say you inspire me and I am extremely optimistic about the future and being part of a network which is based on truth and evidence and knowledge. So I just want to say, James, thank you for all you do. Keep it up and let's have an unbelievable 2023. Thank you so much to Rich and to all of the autonomy students who helped put that together. That is, that is great. That is exactly the type of feedback I love to hear. So 
I'm very, very glad that that conversation did have an effect and did help people along a path towards empowerment. And what else could this series possibly be for? I mean, that's what it's about. So awesome, awesome to hear. Thank you to everyone for helping to contribute to that. And let me put it here as a teaser. Uh, the last person that we saw there, Nick, um, not only made that nice little comment for that video package, but he also made a song. He wrote a song that is a beautiful little song. I'm going to put it at the end of this episode, so stay tuned to the end for it. Um, I really like it, and I'm so grateful and humbled to have that kind of support and feedback. So thank you again to all of those people who participated in that. Um, obviously, I would suggest if you didn't catch that episode of Solutions Watch, it might be one that you <laughs> you might want to take a look at. And uh, when you do so, you will find out more about autonomy and what it provides and how you can get access to it at getautonomy.info. Um, but we'll leave it there for now. Thank you, Rich, for doing what you do. Let's move on to August 10th, when I had the Delete Your Social Media edition of Solutions Watch. And I will note uh, simply that <laughs> I'm still waiting to hear the ultimate feedback from this episode. <laughs> I deleted all my social media accounts on account of watching this one Solutions Watch. Well, maybe that isn't the whole point. And again, if you go and watch that edition of Solutions Watch, you will see that it's not necessarily so straightforward that simply Luddism and let's just abandon all of our devices. If you can do that, awesome. But a lot of people can't do that. So what, how do we proceed forward? It's, it's a sticky issue in a lot of different ways. But obviously that uh, episode was released shortly in the wake of the Media Matrix series and was going further towards exploring some of the potential solutions towards the Media Matrix that we find ourselves more and more firmly ensconced in. Um, so anyway, if anyone has any further feedback to that episode and any further reflections on that, um, again, please log in and leave them in the show notes uh, in the comments for this edition of Solutions Watch. On August 24th, I released Corbett Pirate Streams, where I talked to Ryan Christian of The Last American Vagabond about the idea of, well, you remember those pirate streams things that we talked about in 2021? Well, why not do one? with Corbett. Why not? And so we put the idea out there. We're going to have some Corbett pirate streams, specifically a watch-along of the Al-Qaeda um, documentary, parts one, part two, part three, leading up to September 11th of this year. So uh, I hope you did follow along, and I hope you did join those watch-along live streams. It was, it was great, and I think we got a lot out of it. Um, so Thank you, Ryan, for helping to make that possible. But of course, that's not all Ryan is doing. He's not only running the Last American Vagabond pirate streams and pirate channels and what have you on various platforms, but now he's even expanding that out further. So we did have a, a feedback update video submitted by Ryan for today's uh, year interview wrap up. Hey, Corbett Report viewers, Ryan Christian here from The Last American Vagabond to give you a little update on our Pirate Stream Solutions Watch episode. Now, I wanted to give you a quick rundown on some of the things that have happened since that discussion and some of the things we're now doing in, you know, a very solutions-focused perspective. So I wanted to go through this with you guys real quick and, and discuss what we're seeing. Now, you guys might have seen our Corbett Pirate Streams discussion, Solutions Watch, where we laid all this out. There's a lot going on around the censorship still to this very day, but there is a couple of positive notes as well. And overall, I do think all of this is 
it's important to see this through the positive lens that this is only happening because of how much we've gained, how much positive ground and how many people, more people today are choosing to not think this or that, but rather just open their minds to the the reality that we should be questioning all of it. So I'd like to start with YouTube in general, just to give you guys a quick little breakdown, which I think is really interesting to see. Now we've set up, I, I, I think I would say about probably 50 different channels so far that have been created rather used since they're not, I'm not creating in new channels. We're simply using the ones that people allow me to use, knowing that they're probably going to get censored for doing so. And I would say roughly maybe 50 different channels. I feel like it's more than that, but I've I've stopped counting and lost count. So I don't want to over be overzealous with it, but it's interesting because there's a lot of channels also that have got maybe one or two strikes and then I put them to the side and then I lose touch with them. And so not all of them have actually been deleted. Maybe some of them want to save their channel before it gets deleted, but we've gone through quite a bit. And I just pulled up a couple of them to show you the examples we have. Uh, this one is from MF Doom, who's one of the follow one of our mods in general, who's created this channel since the other one he had that gave us was already deleted. Uh, and you'll see that, you know, most of them have very minimal subscribers, 58 in this case. Um, unfortunately, the one channel show we've already done on this new on this new uh, YouTube uh, T-Lab pirate channel account was already deleted as of a couple days ago. That's why it shows nothing there. But the point I often make is with only 58 subscribers, you'll often see you know, anywhere from a couple of hundred to thousands of views. And the point being, it's because people follow us on The Last American Vagabond. And they know to do this, to come here first to check in, like you should on the Corbett Report, to see where the next pirate channel will be. So we don't allow them to control us through their controlled platforms, right? So every time you can go to the new show and check it out for yourself. Here's another one. This one's with a different image, but both T-Lab images, 157 subscribers. Well, you can see here's a good example. This one has got over a thousand views. And this is about the Poland conversation and, you know, and so on. You can go back and look through. Um, oh, I was going to say, what? whoa, it's not my video, but I was going to say 120,000 views. The point being that you can see that these things continue to build. And we just jump from channel to channel. This one is called T-Lab Censored. Usually the person who creates it or lets me use theirs are the ones that create the, the name itself. Same point here. This one's already lost all, all of its uh, videos. I'll show you an interesting example in a moment. This one's called YouTube is Scared of T-Lab. I'm glad they named it that. Uh, recent interview with Sam Husseini. Just a, a couple of these. Right now, as you'll notice here down on the screen or at the bottom of the screen, I believe you guys can see this, that we have, oh, it doesn't look like it shows it. That's unfortunate. But at the bottom of, the, of my screen, on you, I have probably seven different windows open with different YouTube pirate channels ready to use. So I make sure I jump around from channel to channel. I also wanted to show you one quick thing on YouTube before I move to a couple of other ones, trying to make this as quick as possible, that you guys can see how this has been working, which is really telling. So here is the back end of one of these channels. And you can see for yourself, all of these have been deleted. Every single one of them under random sporadic claims of misinformation one day, hate speech the next, and none of it is any of that. And, and now you can, and the channel itself, as you can see, if you go to the main page, it ends up looking like it's got no content because they've deleted every single one of them. Weirdly enough, that should have been strikes enough to close the channel, but they didn't. Even they're inconsistent with the way that they run this. I just find it very interesting. But the point being, we're continuing to do this and we're continuing to get more and more reach, and it's continuing to prove that if we circumvent their control structure and stop worrying about their artificial metrics and shares and likes and followers and just build our own collective, you know, whether we're on Discord or something else, which those two could be potentially censorable, but do so from a, a decentralized point, and they can't stop that. And I believe they're beginning to realize this, and if this gains enough ground, maybe they'll start taking more aggressive action about it. But on that note, we also have uh, Twitter. 
which is a, a positive note that I'd like to talk about that I think is really an, an interesting development here. And this is about how my, my, between the time we got off the last Pirate Streams episode and now, my main T-Lab account was recently brought back, which I find really interesting. And I don't even know how to really define this in the context of everything that's been going on, but this one has been returned. Even though it's about half the followers that I had when it got deleted, 27,000 now, I believe it was over 50 or 40 or something like that. But it, regardless, it's back. And it's nice to see that this is bringing back. So this is maybe a nod to the point that Elon is is maybe going to do what he, I don't, I don't believe that to be quite honest, but at least this is a positive step. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because we have been using pirate channels or pirate accounts. Here was After Hours Live, which is the one that uh, Be Rich allowed me to use from uh, After Hours Live is the name of his show and built that following up to 4,000 followers. But this is on a pirate account. Right, so this is account that that was already set up that I've been using, and I did have a few more of them that were on the on my my phone accessible, and I can switch between them. The point was though to continue to build the following and let people know that when and if and when you get censored, you simply jump to the next account, and hopefully they will continue to follow that. But it is nice to see that this one has been brought back, so that's a good update to see. Here is that account. Make sure you follow TLA Vagabond. But the point being is we need to continue to lean into this, whether or not our accounts are being censored on this platform versus something else. We need to continue to lean into the alternative routes. And in this case, using, as I've termed, just TLAV pirate streams, rather just pirate streams or pirate channels. In any way, find your way around the, the control because I don't personally buy that Twitter is going to... Con I, I feel like this is just the teeter-totter of the left-right paradigm and it's going to continue in the same direction personally. But that's a good thing to see. All right, I will cut the very lengthy update that Ryan sent in there. Um, but as he does go on to talk about, he does have uh, pirate channels or backup channels and um, and accounts on various platforms, Facebook and TikTok and Instagram and what have you, because on every platform in which uh, Ryan is posting his work, he is having content deleted, things aren't posting, he's not able to share, his accounts are being struck, etc. So... It is an ongoing uh, phenomenon. As anyone who's been following um, Ryan and his work and his travels and travails across the internet will know, he's been banned from every platform multiple times. Um, but continues, continues to come back and find the loopholes and find ways to get the pirate accounts going and uh, streaming on YouTube and other places, even though he's not allowed, quote unquote. Um, as we've talked about, um, a few times now, and uh, I will continue to say I think it's a, a great idea for reaching into that matrix to pull out the people who need to hear this message the most. Not necessarily the people who already know about all the alternatives and all the different ways, but the people who are stuck on these mainstream platforms who do not know about it yet. I think it's a it's a valuable tool, and uh, at any rate, Ryan is taking full advantage of that. Um, as he goes on to talk about in his update video, um, for people who don't know, BitChute has recently run into some some problems. Uh, they have a post up on givesendgo.com. Is this theft? Banks won't give us our money, which notes that two years ago, BitChute became the target of an activist group that attempted to shut us down by pressuring our suppliers. As a result, we lost some server hosting, our office space, and other suppliers. We also lost our bank account with HSBC, a bank account we had held in good standing and without any issues since we launched in 2017. We initially tried to open a new account with a different bank and transfer our money. However, the new bank rejected us just as the funds had reached them. Our money was returned to HSBC, but we could no longer access it. And even today, we have not yet retrieved 
our money from HSBC. Again, you can go through that post and read more about it, but it just goes to show, once again, the gravity of what we're up against, just like Fruta was pointing out. This is not an easy task task that we're, uh, we're engaged in, and it's becoming more and more serious with each passing day, so I hope people take it seriously. Finally, uh, Ryan also updated us on the Pirate Stream Media uh, venture that he is launching and that uh, is going to feature a Pirate St- Stream podcast, Dialectical Dissidents, um, that was going to be doing more work in the future. If you've been following Ryan and his work, you'll you'll already have heard a- a- about this, but you'll definitely be seeing more of that in the new year. So best of luck to Ryan on all of his various ventures and on Pirate Stream Media. Looking forward to seeing what he does with it. Um, let's move on to September 1st, where I had the email edition of Solutions Watch. <laughs> Which I noted at the time, the very people who need to hear this particular Solutions Watch will not hear it. Um, I was talking about, um, well, uh, about the concept of email and keeping in touch with people generally, but specifically about, hey, my old email list, my old, old, old email list that I didn't use anymore, but which was still sending out email updates just automatically, is not sending out updates automatically anymore. It's stopped. And... I don't know if you know it, but I have a new email list now. And to this day, I still get literally pretty much every day of the week, I get an email from someone going, I haven't seen an email from you in months. And I just thought you were taking a break. But I look at your site and you've got all sorts of new stuff. Yeah, no, I'm not taking a break. So yes, um, if you are not signed up, the the best email list to sign up to, corbettreport.substack.com, you can sign up for free and you can get daily... I won't say daily email updates, but every time there's a new post to the website, you will get it in your inbox so you can get alerted right away. Anyway, if you want email updates, please do that. Also, on the note of email, I should say more and more and more of my emails really are going to people's spam folders, especially Gmail account holders. I get a lot of feedback from Gmail account holders who are expecting an email from me, people who signed up for a subscribers and are looking for their login details. I I send it to you. Uh, I didn't get it. Uh, well, did you check your spam folder? Because I bet you it's in there. And then I've had several people say, I didn't even know Gmail had a spam folder. You have to click something down. There's some kind of drop down menu or something. But I found it. And then, oh, yeah, there's your email. So yes, uh, uh, it's getting harder and harder to email, especially people with Gmail accounts. So if you are looking for an email from me, if you're expecting one, and you didn't see it, might want to check your spam folder. Might want to try getting in touch with me again. Usually if someone emails me, I can reply back to them and it'll go through to them. Anyway. Oh, the fun of the quickly degrading internet. Um, September 28th, Freedom Cells 2.0. You might remember that we talked to Derek Bros about the updates to the Freedom Cell network um, that have taken place and the new website that's been launched. And yet again, Derek has been good enough to give us a little video update on how the Freedom Cell network is going. So it's been a few months since we talked with you, James, and we launched the new improved version of the Freedom Cell Network website. And I'm happy to say that I think it went very well and continues to go well. We uh, we had the initial push with these new features that we mentioned in our previous interview. And some of them, I think, maybe didn't work out exactly the way we planned, but we've been since ironing things out and trying to make the sign up process as smooth as possible so people can get into the Freedom Cell Network. They can search the maps to find people in their local area to look for groups in their local area. Also, the Agora, which we added, which is like the classified listings from products you're selling or even dating ads if you're looking for someone 
uh, without a shot, or you know, maybe if you prefer for her with a shot. All those options are on the site as well, and people have been making use of that. That's been really cool. And the uh, the membership has also increased. I think we are either right at thirty five thousand or just about to pass thirty five thousand. And I believe in the coming weeks of the 2023, early 2023, especially after the greater reset, we will see a push of hopefully all the way up to 40,000 and beyond as it continues to grow. I think ultimately though, the the numbers are a reflection of how many people we're reaching, but I do think there's something to be said for quality over quantity in this case, because you know maybe we could have 100,000 plus people on the website or using the freedom cells on Telegram or just doing it in real life and not telling us about it through digital means. But if those hundred thousand people are not actually living the message and, you know, if their groups are just getting together and talking about politics or complaining online or their freedom cell on telegram or the website just becomes a hub to talk about conspiracies, then they're not really getting it. Right. So even if we have a hundred thousand people, maybe only 10% of those would be really be like the most active people exiting and building focusing on building parallel systems, getting out of the banking system, taking the kids out of the education system, growing food, getting out of the financial economic system, and creating a parallel economy and parallel systems, which is the bigger picture goal of the Freedom Cell Network. So the numbers are growing, but more than that, we want to keep reaching people. And I believe we will in 2023 uh, going forward, reaching more people around the world. Um, I've been making more and more connections down here in Mexico, where I've been living since March 2020. Uh, connecting to other activists, other uh, Spanish groups that are journalists or so-called conspiracy theorists hosting documentary screenings or getting out there and spreading information to build the really still early in its infancy uh, truth movement out here in Mexico. So there's a lot happening. The Freedom Cell Network's a part of that. We're spreading the concept out here and the, and the ideas resonating with both expats who came here from Canada, Western Europe, Germany, Australia, Austria, and U.S. during COVID-1984, but also the locals. So it's this really cool mixing of Mexicans and expats that are here focused on freedom and building freedom cells and trying to grow food and get out of the systems. And I think uh, freedom cells out here will continue to grow in the coming years. So, yeah, that's the report on the Freedom Cell Network. Thank you. Thank you once again for the update, Derek. And for people who don't know what we're talking about, you might want to look at some of our previous conversations about the Freedom Cells Network. There are multiple in the Corporate Report archives now. And specifically that Solutions Watch uh, update edition, I guess, on Freedom Cells 2.0. And if you just want to head right in, it's at freedomcells.org. All right, let's move on to the October 12th edition of Solutions Watch, which was Wiki Spooks and Little Sis where I was talking about different ways of finding information other than the places where you're, <laughs> where certainly not you, but the average normie might start looking for information. Just type it into Google. That's that's how you find information, right? No, well, what's a better way to go about searching? And of course there are different search engines, but there's, there's other resources out there other than specifically search engines per se. There are different ways of finding information. So I went through a few of them there in that edition of Solutions Watch, including, of course, using the search bar on CorporateReport.com. And <laughs> I demonstrate it every single time. I still get people asking me if there's a search bar on CorporateReport.com. I still get a lot of people on mobile who tell me there's no mobile search bar. It's not there. Yes, it is. Just keep scrolling down. It is there. <laughs> I guarantee you it is there. Anyway, yeah, using the search bar on 
my own site or a site if there's other sites that you think are good news news sites or places where you go for information try using their search uh, function i was just talking about this with ernest hancock who's updating the membership function of the uh, freedoms phoenix website and it's going to have apparently more refined even more refined search abilities um in the near future so i'm looking forward to that um and we went through sites like little sis like wiki spooks um some other interesting little sites that you may not have known about and there was some good some good suggestions in the comments as well i'm glad to see that uh al Saleh wrote in to say you can also try searching in my aggregator for alternative sources and he provides a link to news.alihem.com uh the results are aggregated from alternative source ranging from the extreme left to the extreme right you can sort results by relevance of time relevance or time and filter results by source by year or by category you also get search snippets so you don't need to click the link unless you like the snippet and uh coliseum says uh pretty interesting aggregator that uh this i am in fact i like the fact that he publishes all his sources so i have managed to discover a couple of new interesting sites i didn't know before awesome um frud comes in later in that conversation to say another nifty tool worth mentioning is an aggregator like Ino Reader? Eno Reader? I don't know how to pronounce that. Using Eno Reader, you can put together your own sources that you can later search. Uh, I believe the service only indexed data from the time you add a source, correct me if I'm wrong. For the search part to be more useful, it would be great if the tool also fetched and made the sources searchable back backward in time. Um, there's other suggestions in there. Coliseum writes in uh, the limited in scope. Always good to check corpwatch.org. And I hope theyrule.net will be reopened as soon as they used to have a very good visual representation of all the interlocking globalists. So again, lots of helpful suggestions in the comments. And that's what I love. That is my ultimate dream and vision for the Solutions Watch series is the 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 real action is in the comments. And I hope I hope to see, uh, I love to see that when people are contributing with things like that and helpful suggestions um, because we can all learn our way forward together, as Rich Grove might put it. All right, um, let's move on to the October 26th edition of Solutions Watch called Simple Sabotage, where I talked about the seemingly simple idea of, hey, there are people in positions that may be able to, oops, did I do that, throw a little spoke in the uh in the gears of the the machine and to stop it from operating however literally or figuratively you might want to take that and there are lots of different ways that that could be done and lots of ingenious little ideas and we did look at that uh that totally satirical not to be taken at face value book the sedition subversion and sabotage field manual number one a three-part solution to the state um which has a lot of those types of ideas and you can hear my elaboration on that in that episode. There was, again, a lot of good feedback. Um, for example, JTM64 wrote, Hi, everybody. I usually never comment on James's articles and podcasts, but I thought maybe this time I should. I think this form of resistance to the technocratic agenda is genius, as it does not confront the machine, but subverts its intentions. Like all good martial artists will attest to, you, you always use your opponent's own force to defeat him. <coughs> Confrontation is not necessary and only gives your opponent a point to attack. Far better to use intelligence and sensitivity to dispatch, or at least temporarily disarm him. And uh, cu.h.j um, replies by, uh, that's a very good way to put it, and is very much like a martial art, like Aikido or something. Use your opponent's moves to subvert him. Brilliant. And then uh, Ben Stone 
the purported author of a, that sedition and sabotage field manual wrote in himself to say, uh, uh, thanks for the kind words about my book. There's also a free audio version for those who prefer. Just go to badquaker.com and scroll down the page. Also, James, I want to tell you again how much I appreciate your work. I check your site almost daily and watch you at least once a week. Awesome. Great stuff. Glad to see that you're checking in, um, Ben. Thank you for that. And I hope people will check out badquaker.com. I do note that somebody was saying that uh, uh, Lumen wrote that, Ben, I couldn't get the audio of your book to play on badquaker.com. Cursor moves up to the beginning of your website page. Also couldn't get any of your other podcasts to play. Anyone having the same problems? Uh, neither Ben nor anyone else seemed to respond to Lumen. So if anyone would like to help Lumen out with that, this might be the time to do it. All right. Um, moving right along. November 9th, auditing the police. And you may or not may not remember that that was looking at the growing First Amendment auditing, even Second Amendment auditing that people are doing obviously specifically in the United States, but actually around the globe, there are different aspects of this where people are simply seeing if police will actually do their job as they're supposed to do their job. <laughs> will they actually conform to their own rules? And there are there are provocative, in-your-face ways to do it, ways that are kind of funny, but needlessly provocative, or well, needlessly is uh, editorial intrusion there. Um, there are people who are just doing it as sort of a matter of course. There are different styles and ways that people do this, and we looked at a few of them in that episode, and it it provoked a range of responses from people. Some of them were quite in favor of what they were seeing, and some of them quite opposed. For example, cu.h.j wrote, this is an excellent solution and should be more wildly implemented. Widely implemented? In fact, when filming, it should be uploaded immediately to preserve it. I think the police have forgotten who pays their salary and who they supposedly work for. And a lot of the officers, not all, are shady and corrupt and break the law too. I've witnessed many moving violations by cops when I'm driving and these their sirens weren't on. But if I make a moving violation, I'll be pulled over. Etc. Etc. There's, again, a lot of back and forth about this. And as I say, there are other people who very much disliked this idea. Some people calling it a psyop and uh, what? Making sure that police are actually doing their job that's that's a psyop to defund the police and let black lives matter rule the world or something I, again there's lots of lively discussion from people from different perspectives in the comment section and i think some of the people i don't think, think either rightly or wrongly are just put off by the way that some people go about doing this and obviously that uh that clip that opened up the um the the episode is provocative in a number of ways and i think over the line for some people fun for others. Again, there's lots of different styles to that. Anyway, it was good to see it was good to see a range of reactions and responses to that episode because I think it is something that we should be thinking about and whether or not we're in support of it, why why not? How could we adopt that in a way that could be more useful, etc. That's ultimately the point of this. I'm putting ideas out on the table. It's up to you what you do with them, as always. Uh, November 24th was the Giving Thanks episode of Solutions Watch. And I am I am gratified <laughs> to note that there was a lot of a lot of love for that episode and for um, for other commenters and, and it's just a nice uh, nice reaction to that episode. I'm glad to see that. Um, for example, PK Adams wrote, I've noticed a change in James this year and I'm sure his gratitude practice has been part of that. This video makes me love him even more. It's wonderful to hear of a father teaching his children to be thankful and Bobel writes, thanks for the video, James. Probably one of your best Solutions Watch videos. Uh, thank you very much for that and for all the feedback on this one. Um, I, I hope people can tell, yeah, it was a 
heartfelt and definitely a, a meaningful episode for me, and I'm glad that other people saw that and got something out of it. Um, but do please let me know if anyone has taken up a gratitude journal or some sort of gratitude practice and how that is going for you or has been. I'd be very interested to hear the results of that. And then finally, November 29th, Eye Bouncing um, Solutions Watch, which, again, I was extremely grateful to hear the feedback on this episode. Again, a lot of positive feedback on this episode. A lot from people who say, well, you know what? I was already doing a version of this, but I didn't have a word for it. And now I have a word for it and I can describe it and explain it and I know it and I can... And that's an interesting concept in itself, isn't it? Just having the word to describe something, even if it's something that you're already kind of doing, but now you have a word, you can identify it. Oh, that thing, I'm eye bouncing, I'm ear bouncing. It's it's handy to have a word for unlocking certain concepts, isn't it? I'll just leave that as a teaser for perhaps a future Solutions Watch. At any rate, I think that's going to do it for this year. I think, I think we're done. I think we've gone through the full list of updates. So if you have made it all the way through <laughs> this update, thank you. You are really the, the core audience of Solutions Watch, the people who would sit through the entire update. Uh, I very much appreciate it. I very much appreciate all the... the comments and feedback, all of the the discussion that goes on around these topics. And again, I'm just putting ideas out there, but it is what you do with them that makes them useful or not. And I'm just glad to see people engaging with the material and thinking about it and seeing if it can apply to their own lives. That's the point. And uh, it's, again, really humbling to hear some of the incredibly positive feedback that I get about uh, from people who say that this work has helped change their life. I do not take that lightly. That is incredibly powerful and awesome, and I am humbled to be a part of that um, phenomenon. So thank you to all of you out there who make this possible in every possible way, obviously, obviously monetarily. It, the website wouldn't exist without the paid subscribers of The Corporate Report, but all those people who are out there supporting the works, sharing it with others, perhaps even more importantly, taking these solutions ideas and implementing them in their lives and creating a better space around them. That is that is what this is about, throwing the seeds out and seeing what will sprout. So having said that, um, as you may have noticed, I, I am a little bit under the weather at the moment. I had a, uh, over the weekend, I was under the weather. I was planning to put out a year-end subscriber newsletter. I just couldn't possibly have done that this past weekend. I was thinking maybe I should do it this week instead, but you know what? You know what? I think I just need a little break. <laughs> I am ready for a break. So I, I beg of your indulgence. Please allow me a short break to recharge my batteries <laughs> because it has been another incredibly busy year and I am utterly exhausted. So <laughs> I think that's pretty much it for me this year. There will be a few more videos. I will be posting flashbacks to the uh, to the corporate report front page and what have you over the over the break. I will definitely put out a video to let people know I'm on a Christmas New Year break because if I don't, that you know, remember that angry lady from years ago will write into me telling me why are you, why why don't you just shut down your whole website? You haven't posted anything in weeks. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> So there will be a, a few more posts, but but no major material until the new year. So um, I 
sincerely hope that all of you have a wonderful Christmas New Year season. I hope that you manage to spend that time with friends and loved one loved ones and um, re- recoup, regenerate, and restore your soul for the coming year and all the trials and tribulations that will undoubtedly be coming as well. That's all part of this incredible adventure that we're all engaged in, isn't it? All right, having said that, uh, as I did promise, yes, uh, you remember from that clip that Rich Richard Grove sent in for about the autonomy students and their feedback from that autodidacticism solutions watch, and as I said, Nick wrote a song called Free World as his way of thanking myself and Richard for that conversation and for the autonomy course and what it's done for him. What an, uh, what an incredible gesture just on its face, but also... As, as a bit of a musician myself, I really, really appreciate, I really like this chord progression. I love the laid back f- feel of this song. I, it's just a great song and a great song for taking us out of this edition of Solutions Watch. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, if you do, please leave a comment of thanks to Nick in the comment section. Um, thank you, Nick, for doing this. And I sincerely, sincerely look forward to that day when we can meet in the free world. On that note, I think that's going to do it for me today. Thank you very much for your time, your support, your energy. I appreciate it. James Corbett, CorporateReport.com. Lockdown with no relief. I need some new ways to make ends meet. I listen to James and his reports. He's talking to guy on Grand Theft World. I'm thinking, who is he? Look at that library. It's really something to behold. So I write in a search engine the name of Richard Grove. Turns out he's the man who teaches all about autonomy, a Swiss army knife for life and a skeleton key for success. Now I learn from the best, he taught me integrity. So they can grow in the light direction 